Bonjour, je m'appelle Mita Monveg and welcome to your Vandergarden of food and drink. Um, I'm full of snot and I've been playing through the tissues all weekend. Oi, oi. So apologies are from even rougher sounding than usual. In the last week, I've been to plates by Glyn Pennell for tapas, returned to Pure Craft for salted caramel wings, completed a new menu at Qbox. Get the Caesar salad and thank me later. Now I know we said this week was Brad Carter, but I got it wrong. My bad, I got him mixed up with a chef of the same syllables. Happens all the time with me and my syllables. When I said Brad Carter, I really meant Rob Palmer. That's Rob Palmer of Toffs of Solihull. Although it could easily have been Tom Kerridge, John Turode, or Mick Rujun. Braddy's coming soon, a phrase I've not said in a long time. So, Rob Palmer, primary villa fan, secondary chef, top broke and great fun. We join him in Solihull where he has no idea what he's agreed to. That's the two of us, Rob. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, you? I'm good, yeah. We've been in here for about 20 minutes and he spent 18 minutes of that talking about the villa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't bring it up to you. You brought it up and then the lads ribbed me for it a little I think bit. you carried on, didn't you? Just yeah. over and over again. Yeah. But, but fifth in the Premier League, as you said. So There's something to talk about at the minute. It is something to talk about. So the, um, the restaurant's a year old now. Just over, yeah. And how's it going? Uh, first year has been good. Midweek business. I'm sure everybody in the business is saying the same thing, but like it's going well. We're happy with where we're at with the food and sort of I feel like we've lift, we've pushed it forward since we opened and yeah. sort of I mean I was here what six weeks ago? Food is incredible. And I think um, I came away from it and one of the things that uh, that I really loved about it is it was it was clear that you're kind of driving your team to 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 come up with their stuff as well. It doesn't feel like it's just a, a one man show. I think I was always, I've always been like that, even sort of through appeals. Like I always make sure the team had input because I think that's important for them for their development. I think like, it was for me when I was sort of like, sous chef, junior sous chef, and whatever at that level. I think it it sort of helps. And you having having different ideas and different palettes, and everyone's everyone's different, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So. Did you? So you was pushed in a in a similar way when you was a sous chef? Yeah, definitely. Who, would have, who was that under? That would have been Martin Pern. Um, he was the first head chef at Hampton Manor, like proper old school guy. Like he had a star in the nineties, and then he left. In, he left sort of that side of the industry for a bit, and sort of almost semi-retired. But then Hampton come up, they approached him about it, and he sort of took it on and they, they, he opened it and then I think I joined him after about 12 months of it opening as a junior sous and then went on to be sous chef but like it was sort of like old and young with me and him there it worked really well so I think he was very classically French trained. You're quite classic aren't you? Like your cooking's rooted in classic techniques. Yeah I suppose so and like we just try and sort of bring classic techniques I suppose into a sort of modern British style or art. we say we're sort of quintessentially British sort of and all our sort of core products is British like we might use citrus and some seasonings from other other parts of the world but that's Britain isn't it so yeah that's, it sort of, yeah, that's yeah. what I've always sort of said about our food and what it, and where it is and what really? it will always be Britain's a it, it's by, by itself it's a hot pot of kind of yeah cultures and 
you know we've been bringing shit over for just about everywhere you know exactly yeah but yeah. i so i'll use that for seasonings like i say like vinegars and citrus and stuff like that but then like the core like the meat the fish and any sort of veg will always be local if possible but like, it will always be english i think I'm, I'm gonna get this in quickly before we go and do something but um uh, to anyone who's who's listened to this who hasn't been to uh to toffs um the the seats at the counter are arguably some of the best seats you are likely to get in a restaurant. When we was looking for the space, it was like, sort of envisioned an open kitchen, but like, it wasn't sort of, that's what we had to have, but, and the space that we got, it just sort of made sense to do that. Like, it wouldn't, if we closed it off, there wouldn't be any space anywhere to do it, so. <laughs> um, and you are very close to the kitchen, I think. Incredibly. as close as you're ever gonna get on a chef's bench to, or a chef's table to the kitchen, so. Chef's tables work one of two ways. They're like, I've been in, I, 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 I won't name names, but there's a certain two-star in London where uh, everyone sat around uh, the counter, and uh, it, it, the, um, uh, the, the chef was less than polite to his staff, and it kind of creates a, a really nasty atmosphere. But it feels the opposite here. Yeah, I'm I'm not that sort of chef. Apart from before the guests get here, then I, I shout at them. But now I, I don't like it's we. And I think because of that, like, we don't even call checks out. We sort of, like, everyone gets a check and they look at it and I don't need to show it because I just think guests don't want to hear me shouting across the kitchen, like, this way, this way, this way. And I'm sort of in the action as I'm cooking, like, I'm not just... You don't stop. I'm not just standing at the pass, like, playing food. I'm, I cook the sauce, I cook the meat, I cook the fish, like, that's sort of... Hopefully one day we'll get to a space, a stage where, sort of, I can sort of float about and just jump on and here and there, but at the minute, like, Run, run dishes out to the. Uh, yeah, I carry dishes out to customers. Like, and, like, you're just unbelievably yeah. chilled. You're too, chill, <laughs> you're too chilled to be a head chef. Yeah, but that's yeah. The wife says that as well. To <laughs> uh, so Rob and I are going to go into the kitchen a bit because uh, I, I've said for a long time I think uh, as a chef he cooks fish better than just about anybody. So he's going to try and teach me because I'm <laughs> fucking useless. Um, but before we do that, we've got a little something else. I've just seen what you've just whipped out. Oh, it's so bad. We'll get back to Rob in a bit, but first an interlude. Sweary, wine-related interlude with Sonella of the Wilderness. We've had him on before and he never fails to make me wet myself. Here is the myth, the legend, the man himself. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks very much for um, getting me involved in the podcast. I think it's great um, to obviously get uh, people in the hospitality industry, especially in front of house. Uh, people almost have a specialisation in... Uh, in a category, I suppose, you know? Yeah, yeah, we, um, um, we got you here because Fred, Fred Sawyer wasn't available. Ah, he's busy, you know? He's, 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 his daughter's doing diving and that, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Winning gold medals for the country. You know, I just pour in liquid with alcohol into glasses, you know? <laughs> the first thing you think of when you're with him is his daughter does diving. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you're regarded as one of the very best in the business at, at what you do. Um, how did you get into wine? Um, so I've been in uh, hospitality now since what, well I studied at university in 2002, went to the College of Food, um, which is now the UCB, um, and I did a placement year, so one year uh, I was like, I want to go to Ireland, get me out of the sticks, uh, well get me out to the sticks and get me out of the city. Uh, so they recommended me a little four star hotel, kind of classic in terms of its approach, in terms of French cuisine, and my manager at the time was like, look, you know, we haven't got a uh, job for you or an opportunity for, uh, in the kitchen at the moment, because obviously front of house people always kind of maybe try to go to the dark side of the, the kitchen, but kind of don't think we can hack it as much, you know? 
it's, it's, it's a tough job. But that didn't arise and he goes, look, do you wanna work front house? And I was like, yeah, sure, you know? So I started kind of getting a few of those kind of customer uh, relation skills, talking to guests. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I looked at 40 grass and I was like, what the hell is this? Um, then I basically just went home and started kind of doing a bit of research and reading. And he was like, look, you're here for a year. I've got an opportunity for you to be like a wine waiter. So I was like, yeah, sure, you know, I mean, I'm here, like I'm a bit of a sponge, trying to take as much as I can. And then he was like, yeah, go on then. So I just jumped on learning about the wines and stuff, pouring wines. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the first time I tried to drink any like red wine, I was like, this tastes like shit. You know, it's just like mud, earth. And I just start, stopped finishing uh, drinking things like Southern Comfort Lemonade, Malibu and Pineapple, you know, <laughs> Asian Sweet Tooth. You drink Southern Comfort and Lemonade? Yeah, that was one of the first things, you know what I mean? Are you Lemmy from Motorhead? <laughs> It was just one of the, it was just one of those things, you know. You, you you want something sweet, you want something quite boozy, and you kind of think, yeah, right, I'm I'm in with a gang, you know. I mean, having that kind of sweet tooth is one of those. Prob- it's probably those things that is like related to like childhood. You you like sweets. I mean, someone gave you like a dry white wine when you're like 18. I was gonna say 17, 18. Um, it was like hold on a second, what am I drinking? It's just horrendous, and it's just over time that your palate just begins to kind of change and develop. Um, but basically, after that, I graduated, did my level two at university, which was £35 back in the day. I don't know how much it costs now. 35 quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I smashed it in like five minutes. Um, I was looking around, I was like, there's 40, 50-year-old people around me, and they're sitting there, and I was like, yeah, this is great. I enjoyed it. Um, then I basically came back to work at Pernell, so I was there for uh, 11 years. Absolutely incredible experience. And just slowly through working uh, up, the, uh, up the pyramid, you know, to kind of get to grips with understanding the foundations of how a restaurant operates, um, and then given the opportunity for um, delving into wine. Um, so our wine list there was about 250 wines. We had a great wine list from wines from around the world. And again, it was one of those things for myself was just to kind of take a few of the wines from the list um, home, not the physical bottle, but the lanes, do a bit of research, read about them, and then help that to kind of engage the, uh, the experience for the guests, you know. Uh, towards the end of 2019, uh, Alex uh, offered me an opportunity to kind of come to the wilderness, uh, help change up the wine list and try and improve it um, and change it in a way that I can kind of be a bit more personal with my own touches. I mean, I remember you very clearly at Penhouse. Well, um, on which time? Uh, what? <laughs> not, definitely not the most recent one. No, <laughs> no not, not the time when I was so pissed that I fell asleep at the table. No, not that one. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it happens. Hey, listen, I've been there myself, you know. I, I believe that you was pouring, if, I, if memory serves me correct, I turned up very drunk. Yeah. And you was pouring me Krug. So you was part of, partially to blame. Yeah, I was partially, but I think, <laughs> what did you do? I think, did you have like a night timber tasting in the morning or uh, something? Yeah, yeah, well, we had, a, we had a night timber tasting and then we went for, we had a bottle of champagne with breakfast. And then uh, we went to the Edge Baston, drank some more. Mm. Um... And then I got two for lunch, but I must have been about six bottles deep at that yeah, time. Yeah, if, yeah, it's hard. You know, the thing is sometimes, you know, I mean, you're a seasoned pro in terms of going out to dine, but, you know, so there's almost that, that anticipation of going to eat in a restaurant, but you're like, yeah, I can't wait to go. So you almost feel like you want to kind of get yourself a little bit onto that level, you know, and it's very easily done, you know. I mean, myself, you know, you're going to have a, a bottle of champagne or a bottle of wine or a few pints before you start and then you're kind of like oh, I wish I really didn't do that because you want to try and remember the experience you know but shit happens doesn't it yeah yeah it does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not the first restaurant I fell asleep in not the last <laughs> you, you, you didn't fall asleep <laughs> so uh, GQ Sommelier of the Year 
Yeah, 2018, yeah, amazing. That's I still amazing. kind of, yeah, it's cool. It was cool. I mean, uh, I still hold that and probably take that to my grave, you know. Um, yeah, amazing day out. Um, very kind of fortunate to be nominated for uh, an award of that kind of prestige, you know. I mean, obviously GQ, we know it's internationally recognised and the awards are kind of very kind of centralised, be it London. Because, I mean, obviously in London, you've got that lovely density of great restaurants, bars, everything, you know. And it's a shame that sometimes there's places like ourselves, and lots of other places outside of London where, you know, they should be a little bit more kind of well represented, you know. So I went down on the day, it was, I think it was, like, I can't remember where it was, Hotel Cafe Royale, was it? I'm not too sure where it was. Ro the, Ro the Rosewood in London. Was it the Rosewood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scarlet's. Very nice. Yeah, we, we, we just went downstairs. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, really don't, cool, don't nice. Ming little... Don't mingle with the commoners. I mean, do you know what I mean? We're from Birmingham, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we basically yeah, we just went downstairs. I mean, they're going through all the uh, all the awards, and I mean, like me and my colleague at the time, um, who's now actually at Moorhall, um, we were like, look, let's just go out, have a good time, you know. We're down in London. Was we actually had to catch the last train back, but they were going through all the categories. I mean, the champagne was flowing, the Belvedere martinis were on point. And you're like, you know what? This, I mean, this is what we enjoy hospitality for. This is what it's all about. This is a perks, you know. This is a part of working hard, putting all the effort in to kind of be rewarded and received. Um, and see the good, the good side of what hospitality is all about, you know, that's where you get the perks and you're meeting all Tom Kerridge, uh, Paul Ainsworth, Chef Claire Smith, all the guys were there and you're like chatting to them and you're like, yeah, fucking, they're, they're talking to you like, yeah, yeah, how's things and how's business and how's chef and you're like, wow, these fucking people know who I am. Yeah. Or, I mean, or, I wasn't brown nosing them. I mean, even though that's or at least they're doing a very good evident. job of pretending to know who you are. Exactly. You know, that's all right. That means that, that, that means the world, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's even when, for example, if a guest comes in and you're like, oh, okay, you know, and they're like, how are you, sir? And you're like, all oh, right, so you definitely know me. So I've definitely probably served you before. Um, so you're like, well, all right. So you, I have been a part of your experiences in the past. You know, hopefully a good one. Um, but yeah, I mean, all the awards came through, won, and I was like, yeah, literally blown away, you know. I was walking around Euston train station with a bloody magnum of, uh, Jeroboam, sorry, of uh, Verve and my <laughs> award. But before that, they took us to a restaurant, which I don't even remember, but one of the guys opened their bottle of champagne, and then we were all drinking it out of their vase, uh, which is pretty cool. <laughs> so that, that, that vase is sitting nicely in the, uh, in the apartment now. So yeah, it was an incredible day, and obviously it's been uh, really greatly received, and it was great to kind of have the support of kind of Birmingham, you know. I suppose I should ask you out here, um, how is the wilderness? Yeah, it's amazing. Business is going good, obviously, you know, the last whatever has been a bit of a kind of hard time for hospitality and I think probably for the whole world, you know. But business is good. We're looking at a potential move um, to a larger establishment, so that's in the pipeline. Yeah, um, but, I mean, it's such cool because, I mean, I think we've got such a cool kind of cult following in this business and there's almost this kind of freedom to be a little bit edgy in how we kind of approach our business and our brand. Um, so it's a really kind of fun way of doing it, you know, and don't get me wrong, we're not everyone's kind of cup of tea. And we have some amazing guests who come in who kind of just follow us and believe in what we do. You know, again, we're a 22 seater in the back end of the jewelry quarter, you know, we're not gonna make waves in the whole world, but you know, we're a little kind of fist in the air. Yeah, my, my favorite one that he's done, Alex has done recently was when um, on TripAdvisor, someone called him pretentious. And he responded in French. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, that's, I mean, that's the thing, you know, it's, it's, it's like learning to be reactive and also kind of show it in humour, you know, because that's what we're all about. I mean, yeah. you can be here and show your kind of 
personality and how you are and your approach and how your food is. The food is fun, you know. You want that to kind of be passed through the team members to the guests. And all we want is for people to come here and have a good time, you know. We're not here to mug people off. We're not here to patronise. I mean, we're not here to kind of change the whole world. We're just here to come enjoy our jobs and let the guests enjoy themselves, have the banter, the relationship when necessary, and that's it, you know? Quickly, what's I remember, uh, quite an eclectic playlist here. Uh, do you have any, any tracks on there? Uh, no, uh, DJ Luby, uh, <laughs> Luby Goldie, she is the one responsible for it, absolutely incredible. Uh, seven hours worth of kind of rock and roll bangers, you know, and I think that's obviously what makes our, our restaurant here uh, a bit of a hit, excuse the pun. Um, the last time I sat down, the first track that came on was Come As You Are by Nirvana. Yeah, 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 and banger. I, yeah, and I was like, this is why I left this restaurant. It, it, just, it just helps give the identity. I mean, you're looking at this building, it's 250 years old, and it's like, we can't renovate it or anything because, like, it's going to fall apart if we try to, you know? But it's just got such a great feel to it, you know? Guests come and you're like, it's, it's all small, it's quite quaint when you walk in, quite coy, and you're like, you can still have your intimate experience, but you come on a Friday and Saturday night when it's rocking, you're like, fuck me, this is cool, you know? And the tunes are amazing. I see, like, young people, elderly people, like, I see, like, 65-year-old people with tattoos and stuff. I'm like, yo, this is cool, man. And it's almost like this part of society and this cult. It is, um, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm a massive fan of the restaurant, but I think it, for some people, and certainly within my friendship circles, for some people, it's kind of the, uh, the quintessential Birmingham restaurant. Mm. But what Alex does really well is kind of encapsulates his vision of Birmingham within this tiny little space in the jewelry quarter. And, um, and without blowing smoke up your ass, he's also got this dream team here. He's got, you know, you on, you on wine, Rob Wood. Uh, Rob Wood bakes cocktails as good as anybody in, in the country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, for him to kind of unite all this incredible bit of talent is, um, is just, is, is wonderful. For no, I mean, we're, we're very fortunate. And yeah, obviously Rob, Rob's a, a great guy, obviously married, head chef. Uh, we've got the team here. We're all working hard to kind of bring an experience for our guests who just want to have fun, you know? And again, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, it, we, we are very fortunate. We've got some great team, uh, people who work with us here and all for the good of ourselves and also for the guests, you know? We all want to kind of progress and evolve as human beings, you know? Um, and if we can do it by drinking at the same time, why the fuck not, man? Let's have a toast for the real ones. Have a toast for Let's have a toast today. Wise words from Sunel. Almost religious in text, some might say. Now back to Rob Palmer, some lessons in how not to fuck up fish cookery. So we, um, we're now the other side of the counter with Rob and um, uh, Rob's going to teach me how to cook a piece of fish because you'll try. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't cook fish at home. I mean, I never cook fish at home, to be honest, yeah, really. But but. The, the reason why I don't is because there's very little room for error and I don't want to eat shitty overcooked And good fish at home is hard to come by unless you're ordering it from online and getting it delivered so like you can't go into any supermarket and order any good get good fish like it just doesn't exist so we, we get the uh, fish from the park on our road on a wednesday yeah yeah so, yeah so you can get good fish we, we, we can get good fish i just don't want to murder it that's all and yeah. i also don't have a clue where to stop i think for me people overcook it like you go to a chippy these days and ask for fish and chips and it might not be ready in the in the, the hot cupboard they've got with the glass surrounding it and they say like you say and it's all up 15 minutes, you know what, what the 
fuck am I waiting 15 minutes to cook a piece of fish? <laughs> it's cotton wool it by that take, Yeah, it takes three minutes to cook in a deep fat fryer. Why are you cooking it for 15 minutes? But it's not hard to just, well, you just don't cook it. You just don't cook it like that. Or we literally, I'm going to show you in a minute, we sort of caramelise it on this one side first. We cure it first when it comes in, skin it. This is cod, by the way. Fillet it, skin it, and then just season it. So like 2% salt to whatever the fish weighs. So the, the curing is it? Uh, is it classic sugar and salt? Just just salt. Just salt. So it's um, and that, all that does it sort of helps firm the meat or helps sort of keep it intact when it cooks a little bit and seasons it. Like I don't have to season during service then. What, um, what you can't see is that um, where we are in the kitchen, Rob's just put about four packs of butter in. There. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and right now all I can see is foam and butter. It's not going to be the healthiest way to eat it, is it? Well, we, you don't eat that butter, so what we do, like I say, we, we caramelise it on one side first, and then as soon as you've got a nice golden colour, we take it off the, off the heat and then just drop it into some, like, 45, 50 degree butter, just for a couple of minutes, and then take that out, let it rest, and it's, that's it. That's literally it. There's nothing else to it. Nice. Should we get cracking? Yeah, let's do it. So what we'll do, a bit of oil on the, uh, on the old plancher, so you're sealing it now, and then what you're looking for is? Just a nice golden colour. Well, this would take about, about three or four minutes on there. Um, and then by that time, it'll be sort of like a third of the way it cooks, and then dropping it, submer completely submerge it in the bowels there. So what, what Rob's done is he's browned the butter in a, in a saucepan, he's reduced it, continued to cook it, so in, you've got a burn so you've got that hazelnut nutty butter. Yeah. He's now took it off the heat, so, while the fish is caramelising, he's going to pop it into a butter which is, I mean, as you said, it's about 50 degrees. -ish. Yeah, yeah. About 50 degrees. And it, that will cook the fish really softly. Is it instinct when you'll know that's caramelised on one side? You're not checking. Yeah, it. but no, I mean, we can see sort of, we'll see in a minute, it'll start getting a nice colour here, and then normally it will sort of, it won't be stuck, it will unstick itself. So on the menu at the moment in the, in the restaurant, what's this, um, what does the cod get served with? So I think you had it when you came, so... Um, yeah, I loved it as well. So we do it with um, an exo butter. So we make an exo sauce, which is traditionally Chinese condiment, made with shrimp and scallops, sort of dried out, and soy and those sort of, that's them sort of ingredients. We, we've got a crab snack on, so we get loads of brown crab meat, so we add that to the exo as well and dry that out. And then we basically get exo sauce and blend it into butter. So that's, that's perfect now. That's, that's gorgeous. So it just drops in the butter. So, we've, so it's, it's off the pancha, it's into the butter. How are you leaving that in the butter for? Till it's cooked. <laughs> God said, <laughs> it's instinct, so like, that, we'll, I'll check it in two minutes and then we'll see. And you'll, will you check it by touch? So you'll pinch yeah. it? Well, yeah, we'll, I'll take it out, pinch it, and then got a little, a little sort of skewer, I'll put it in. Old school, check it on your lip, top what? lip. Oh, is that, is that you do it? Check it yeah. on the top lip? Oh. I find it amazing that people can do that, by the way. So you want it to be, so what I'll test is it, it'll be, it won't be hot, it won't burn my lip, but it'll be, it'll be warm. So, you, so you've, you've just tested that on your, on your lip, that's yep. not quite warm yeah, enough Yeah, so about 30 you. seconds and I reckon we're there. So, uh, so a couple of minutes passed and we're just... Uh, yeah, if you put that on your lip now, that's sort of... 
if I was if I was at home, you think it wasn't? Cooked. I would be scared to, yeah. to serve that because that is, I mean, it's just warm. This is the exo sauce. We've this got. is the only reason that we did the podcast for, by the way. So I get free so you cod. Get a bit of free cod. Yeah. So what's what's in the sauce, Rob? Uh, the exo paste that we made. Exo, by the way, exo literally means tasty. Does it? I yeah. I, I've I, never I've never looked it up. I found this I found this last, I found this out last week. I mean, it's. Um... We get so many people ask us if it's got Hennessy in it. <laughs> no. No. That, that's the most soluble thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but so there's exo paste that I say, like I say, we make ourselves, we buy everything in fresh and dehydrate it ourselves. And we blend it with butter, we've added a bit of rice wine vinegar to it and some dashi vinegar, and that's it. Thank you very much. This is this so if you're just quickly to recap, if you're cooking fish at home, yeah. What's your top tips? Don't overcook it. Don't, don't overcook <laughs> Gentle, it. Gentle, so high, like medium to high heat to start with. To get, if you want sort of caramelisation on it, sort of medium high heat to start with. And then when you've got that caramelisation, just sort of, just slowly cook it. Like you can even like, like you were talking just about skin side down, like even flip it over and take it off the heat and just let the residual heat of the pan cook it. And then again, like, the best thing to do is a little skewer on your bottom lip, on your top lip, whatever lip you want to choose. I'm going to go home and stick a pin in a wine cork. Bit of staff cutlery for you. <laughs> Rob, that's perfect. Oh, man. That's how cod is supposed to taste, but never does. That sauce is lovely as well. So. For me, fish, especially on a taste menu, all you need for a fish dish is a piece of fish and a fucking amazing sauce with it. And it's going back that way, isn't it, cooking? A little yeah. Bit. It's so we're, we're sort of looking at change. I'm coming to the end of the XO that I made and like, it's a long process to make again. So it's sort of like, it's been on for a few, couple of months now. So we're like looking at changing it. One yeah. of my first ever food memories was, this is, and it's really random, was watching MasterChef on a Sunday afternoon when it was like live Grossman. And um, Marco Pierre White was one of the guest judges. Mm. And I remember someone serving, it was a um, duck breast and they did it with some sauce. And they also put um, some, some veg with it. And I remember Mark up here like going, that duck breast just needs the meat and the sauce. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't need it. And I think cooking's going back that way. I think certainly sort of with the style of a sort of tasting menu, that's, it is like that. Especially you get in these menu, these restaurants doing like a 20 course tasting menu where they are literally tiny little snacks. Toss, anything you want to shout out about? Just, we're here, like insoluble. Solio's a tough one to crack, I think. Like, there's, no, there's nowhere in Solio doing it, other than you've got, obviously, Hampton Manor, just outside, just sort of on the outskirts of Solio. They're doing what they're doing at Grace and Saver and <coughs> Smoke. But we're in the town centre. There's nowhere in Solio town centre doing what we're doing. Like, um, it's a restaurant that Solio's needed for absolutely ages. And this is it. And not a lot, for me, the plans are, once this is sort of made itself and sort of we, we're we're operating to the, like, the level we want to operate in. The business is ticking over nicely. Like we, like, I'd like a couple more places. Like to, well, it wouldn't be this sort. It'd be much more relaxed. Maybe like a tapas style or pub style sort of thing. Like Solio needs more. Like it definitely needs more. There's, and there's the, the people are there that want it, but just getting people to know about us is tricky. You know, and I hear people say they come here like we, we, we work in Solio. We don't know you're here. I was like. I don't know what more we can do though, like yeah. just stand in the middle of fucking Touchwood and <laughs> shout. <laughs> <laughs> what 
wave him a fucking codder out. I, 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 <laughs> I'd, I'd pay good money to see you stood in the middle of the touchwood waving your codder out. Any Frenchman out there listening to this would be like, what the hell have you just said? I don't give a shit about the fish. Thanks, Rob, for the uh, cookery lesson of sorts. Basically, what we've got out of that is don't fuck it up. Now, um, now a plug of sorts. This morning, I went for a coffee with a very nice gentleman who runs the Soho Food Feast um, in Soho, London. If you're not aware of Soho, it's the square mile of pleasure. It's a, in many ways, it's a lot like King's Heath. So what they do effectively is it's, it's all for a primary school in, in Soho. They raise money for them. And the way they raise money is that the top names of Soho, the food and for drink, all supply food and you buy tickets at £15 each. And then all of these places have got selling to- food tokens and it basically works out at £2.50 a dish, which I'm sure you all know is, is incredible value, especially at this point in time. What's amazing is the names that they've got there. So they really do have some of London's biggest names. We're talking about St. John's, Brat, Lena Stores, uh, Termini are there, Pastillo's there, Caraval's there. We've got Bow, we've got Bar Crispin, we've got Norma, we've got the Groucho Club, we've got Old Compton Restaurant. It's it's a major, major, major operation. If you want to revive me, go on Sunday, which is the 11th of June. Uh, if you want to buy me a Negroni from Termini, I'll be there on the 10th. Tickets are available from SohoFoodFeast.co.uk. As ever, I really appreciate you listening to this. I know it only takes 35, 40 minutes of your time every week, but even so, it does mean a lot to me. As ever, please like, share, you know, send it on to your nan friends your family ask them to leave a nice review and ultimately just give it a listen it's always really appreciated next week we're at Tap and Tandor with uh, AJ Kempf talking about him and his, his little empire of restaurants and then we have an interview with Stu Dealey that was done over a pint or two in the plough and is really really well worth listening to this is me on One Veg Podcast I'm Simon Carlo it's a 969 Media Production produced by Simon Borshowski Malbec with banana and lime meat is delicious I drink Carling on the weekend I drink Jager Bombs and banana sambuca between that and the ham and cheese baguette I'm well over it